let's talk about making love. No, not that kind of making love. Did you know that the average person only spends half a percent of their life having sex? Here at Making Love Today, we learn from couples about what they do with the other 99.5% of their time to create meaningful, deeply fulfilling, and long-lasting relationships. So listen up as we hear what our guest couples do outside the bedroom to make their love work. And now, here's your host, Patrick Perkins. Hey everybody, this is Patrick. Welcome out to a special bonus episode of Making Love Today. Now, this past episode, we heard from Megan and Earl, who spent a considerable amount of time in a long-distance relationship. Now, we were able to get in touch with Elaine and Abe, another real-life couple who are also in a long-distance relationship in what's called a commuter marriage. One of them lives in California, and one of them lives in Texas. Now, Abe and Elaine also happen to have their own podcast called Love is in the Air, where they discuss the challenges and the potential benefits of these long-distance, long-term relationships. So in this bonus episode, they just share a few of their thoughts about these sort of long-distance relationships and what can help to make relationships work in general. They have some great advice, and so I highly recommend you listen to them now and then also check out their podcast again. That's Love is in the Air. Well, hello, this is Elaine and Abram Romero from Love is in the Air podcast. I'm Elaine, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm here today with my husband, Abe. And Abe, we have been asked by our friends from Making Love Today podcast a little bit about some relationship advice. Yeah, I mean... From us. From, from us? Yeah. Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> I don't know. I think we have some pretty good advice. Oh, we do? I mean, we do. We do. We do. We do. Okay. We do. Yeah. Well, the first piece of advice I would give is, I mean, it was so cold here, make sure you leave the taps open when it's freezing. That way your water pipes won't freeze over and you may want to, no? Oh, it's, it's relationship advice. This is not about, we're in Texas right now where we've had lots of storms and no, they don't want advice about keeping your house warm. They want to, oh. they want relationship advice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm with you. So here we go. One of the first questions they have for us is what is the worst relationship advice we've ever gotten and what's the best? Now... Our podcast is about supporting couples in a long-distance relationship or commuter marriage. Abe and I are in a commuter marriage. We've had distance for four years because we have kids from previous marriages, and we didn't want to uproot our kids. So we are making the sacrifice and traveling back and forth between California and Texas so that our kids could have consistency in their life. So that's what our podcast is about. So we'll speak a little bit about advice for those in distance, but also just regularly in marriage, right? Right, right. And so the worst advice that we have had, and well, I guess this is just things that people have said. So why don't you talk about what <laughs> some of the feedback you got when we were trying to make distance work? Yeah, you know, when we first started dating and we were distanced, a lot of people were like, oh, that sounds fun and exciting. But some people were like, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you think that would work? And it was more, I don't think it was advice, bad advice. It was more like questions of like why we would consider that kind of relationship with distance, with two states apart, not to mention even that, taking a jump from dating to marriage. Right, and there was also the whole... And I think we even asked this question, what is a commuter marriage? What is that? You know, yeah. and then explaining the whole idea of even friends going, huh? I don't get it. 
And so we had to educate ourselves a little bit on what is possible and what's not. You know? Right, right. So there are 4 million Americans alone in commuter marriages, and those are any marriages that have consistent distance. So it could be firefighters, military families, people like us who have custody issues. There's just so many people that actually at some point in their marriage deal with distance. But then if you take long distance relationships, there's like 28 million people in long distance relationships in America alone. And that's not even counting worldwide. What we learned, I would say, so it wasn't so much bad advice, just people questioning what we were doing. Right. <laughs> what are you guys doing? But, are you insane? Right. <laughs> but what was always our response? We really felt like, hey, you find the one that's right for you and you do whatever it takes in marriage to make it work. Right. And for the long distance piece, Elaine and I didn't get married immediately. We waited a couple of years before we took that step. But I was always of the opinion that I would rather be with someone I was madly in love with and couldn't live without rather than the waitress down the street that was within walking distance. You know what I mean? So distance Why is it always not- a waitress? You see that a lot. Is there a waitress I need to be concerned about? We should probably not discuss. Can we, can we cut this part out? Because we have this discussion we need to have. I'm kind of concerned there's some waitress out there. Or waiter. Or waiter. You never know. Why? No, but my point being that it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to throw a rock within that distance. Then you date. It's how you connect with somebody, I'm sure most of you listening know, you want that feeling of, I can't live without this person. And we've talked to people too that are like, oh my gosh, they're 30 minutes away. Then now that's a deal breaker. We're like, why? Why would that be a deal breaker if it was somebody right. you're madly in love with? You know, When you know, you know. And one of the things that we really believe is that there is challenges in any relationship or marriage. And so this happens to be one of our challenges and we make it work. Now there's a lot of positive, great things about having some distance too. And so that's been, <laughs> that's been fun. Now, what about just in general marriage? What do you think has been worst advice versus best advice? I have always, and I'll probably get some backlash on this, I've always hated the term happy wife means happy life. But that means the husband is acquiescing and he's miserable and then the wife's happy, but he's, you know, looking for the exit. So I don't like that term. I think it should be working together in a relationship mm-hmm. and everyone's mm-hmm. compromising on certain areas and you work together like a team. Yeah. I kind of believe, and I, as a therapist and marriage counseling, I tell a lot of my clients, the day you get married is the day you sign up to take care of another adult, to put their needs as a priority. Now that doesn't mean your needs should be tossed aside. I I agree with you. I don't like that concept of I just give up myself Mm -hmm. in a sense that I just do whatever they want and acquiesce to them. Mm -hmm. The idea is that you work together, that you become what we call interdependent. Mm -hmm. And that's actually something I really believe, even if from like a godly view, we're kind of designed for that. So that to me is I'm right with you on that. I think the other one that I've always cringed at a little bit is never go to bed angry. Now there for you, that's impossible. (laughs) Yes, I'm a very passionate woman. (laughs) So when I get angry, it takes me a little time. 
Well, I also think that at the end of the day, if we decided to never go to bed angry when we're in the middle of a hot argument, we wouldn't go to bed for a couple days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're both pretty passionate people. And so when we fight, we fight. But then when we make up, we really make up. And, you know, that does really actually come from an old Bible verse. And it's still true today at some level. But I really believe that the scripture on that is not necessarily meaning you can't actually go to sleep being angry. It means that you shouldn't repress your emotions, right? right. Mm-hmm. That you want to be authentic in your relationships with people and be real with people when you're upset. Anger in of itself is not a bad thing. Anger is feeling like someone has betrayed you or hurt you. I teach my clients all the time that conflict in of itself is not bad. It's three things. The Gottman Institute, they would say conflict is three things. It's a complaint, a concern, or a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. So happy couples still have conflict. And they should, right? Because that means you're being authentic with one another. So I think for us, the best advice is not so much that you can't go to bed angry. It's about really accepting that as a couple, you're going to have conflict sometimes. Mm -hmm. And whatever way that may take, right? Like, I know for me, I do need a cooling off period. And if that's to go to bed and sleep on it, a lot of times I do wake up with a refreshed heart where I'm more willing to work things out with you. Yeah, and I think that's something to keep in mind. It took a while for Elaine and I to get to the part where she can go to bed angry and I'm not super upset and, you know, who knows how the fight goes. I might be done with it anyway. (laughs) You know, I might need a night. But... To impose a kind of... Uh, a healthy timeout. Right. But also, if you're one on the other side, if you're like saying, nope, we will not go to bed angry, that's my mandate, and you're going to adhere to that, not the healthiest thing. And that's what we, Elaine and I do. We give each other space when we need space, and it might not be ideal for me, because I don't like going to bed angry, I, but I, at least I understand yeah. the what you need and what you need of me. And there are times, like you said, happy wife, happy life, where we bend to each other and we compromise, and we may not do something that is ideal for us, but it's ideal for the other person. Right, and there may be some couples where they've made that agreement, we're not gonna go to bed angry, Mm -hmm. and that might be right for them. I just think it's unfair to those people out there, like myself, who tend to be passionate, who need a little more time to let something marinate. And so my advice is to really accept that you will have conflict and keep working together over time to figure out the best way to work through your conflict and be open to maybe even using a healthy timeout. As long as you come back and set Mm -hmm. a time frame, we do recommend don't going past 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Coming back and then making sure that you continue that dialogue and have some resolution to that Whatever you don't go to the diner and talk to the waitress. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I don't know. I got to find out who this waitress is. All right. Well, listen, we hope this could be helpful to couples, whether you're in distance or whether you're not. If you are in a commuter marriage or you are a couple that deals with distance, please check out our podcast on most places like Apple, Spotify, and it's called Love is in the Air podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Another big thanks to Elaine and Abe. Again, we'd like to encourage everybody to go out and check out their podcast as well. Thanks again for being with us today, and be sure to check out our next episode where we talk about some of the awesome things that Earl and Megan showed in their relationship. Thanks once again, and until next time, hope you're all able to go out and make love in your life.